0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen, and uh, take two, since we're having equipment issues today, both of us, which is fun. <laughs> I don't know what's going on to you.
1: I, I think it's the pre-Christmas Gremlins.
0: Yeah, it's Gremlins in the system. Um, I don't know if it was last week on TechFan that we were talking about this, or it was the Last Geeks Pub, but we were talking about the Grand Theft Auto video game trailer coming out soon. Yeah. And I was trying to make the case that this is way bigger, and uh, you were kind of downplaying it like, well, there's, you know, it's not the biggest franchise in history and video games and stuff. And yep. I won that argument because. <laughs> The trailer hasn't even been out a week yet and it's already broken every record on YouTube. It's been viewed less than a week a hundred and thirty-six million times in less yeah, than a week.
1: There's definitely a big appetite for this game. It's and not just um,
0: that, it's a cultural thing when it comes to Grand Theft Auto. It's well, funny because yeah, the company yeah. will advertise like the the scummy aspects of the underground of, you know, whatever city they're gonna be in. Because they kinda did that with the other games too but then yeah. when the game comes out that plays a part in it but it's such an open world i mean this is the video game franchise that really popularized the idea of go anywhere do anything
1: and and certainly gta5 i mean the the videos on the internet of people just finding incredibly crazy things to do and using it to uh, to you know really build quite exciting stuff is 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 kind of legendary now with gta5 and if you can do the same in gta6 with a a bigger... I mean, everything in this game looked like it's going to be bigger and better because it's been coming for a long time.
0: Yep. Um, the graphics and, uh, look amazing.
1: I was struck because, you know what, this this kind of looked like a movie trailer. It yes. did not look like a video game trailer. Well, if you and go back fact, and
0: watch any of the GTA trailers starting with GTA 3, they always do that. Go back and watch yeah. the original one and it's it, it feels like uh, Goodfellas or something. You watch GTA I, uh, yeah. Vice City trailer and... Yeah. You know they're using music they're i mean they, Rockstar really knows how to build hype
1: and I mean, and, um, and they deliver and,
0: that's the thing though
1: yeah well and the, and the other thing is that we're now at the point where the graphics in this video game is not i mean it's incredibly realistic, so you can still tell it's a video game, but it makes the cinematic nature of their trailer Even much better. more cinematic yeah. well you know I, I
0: credit that, Rockstar with getting me back into video games. Quite yeah. honestly, if it wasn't for a trailer they put out for Vice City back in 2001, I probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know, Julie and I were sitting there watching something on TV, and I've said this story before. The trailer came out, and they had the Flock Seagull song, I Ran. Mm-hmm. And they had this open world, and the guys going i'd never seen anything like that in a video game it blew me away the very next day after work i went to toys r us i bought a ps2 gta vice city and a dvd of the matrix because the remember the ps2 was a dvd player and it was yeah one of the cheapest dvd players out there on the market so i i credit rockstar for getting me back into video games seriously
1: and it's interesting that you talk about Vice City because this is this one's set set in Vice City again. Yeah. Um, and it really has that um, even though it's not it doesn't appear to be set in the 80s, um, it still has that cool kind of Miami no, vibe it's set
0: to, in modern times which is Yeah. rare. Usually yeah, they exactly. set in a, a particular era, but because they're doing they're showing like viral videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Um yeah. I, and here's the other aspect of this the music is a tom petty song from 1989 i love you know what the
1: the album that this came off. i love
0: oh it's one of the best his best yeah
1: absolutely yeah um and it really fits on that album yeah it really fits the trailer i mean it, it it the vibe is absolutely right um, and and this the, the well, that
0: song shot to the top of the music charts too, of course, simply because yeah. of this game. Because this is probably the first time anyone even heard this song.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's, I'm sure Tom Petty fans are fairly familiar with it, but I, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a big unlike Free Falling. It wasn't like a big hit at the time. So, um,
0: I mean, it starts out perfect yeah, for a, a trailer, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and the, and this appears to be about you know again they they have these. This this underpinning story to the to the game. This appears to be about you know a a, a girl who comes out of prison and with her brother, and they, they look like they're trying to get themselves back. I on I don't their think feet. it's a
0: brother, unless they have a very. Well, oh no no no! no that,
1: you're you're right. Yes, yeah, sorry. What sorry. family did you come uh, the, from, dude? Come on. At the start, at the start, <laughs> at the start of the trailer, I assumed it was her brother, and then yes, you're right. Later on, it becomes clear that. That um
0: if it is her brother they're very, very naughty. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> um I'm looking forward to it. Now, of course it says twenty twenty five when the game comes out. So we're a minimum of thirteen months away, but the chances of that coming out in January of twenty twenty five is next to nil.
1: And also sometimes nowadays with video games it might not even make twenty twenty five because things happen. The no, other thing
0: Rockstar to, will hit twenty twenty five.
1: The other thing too, uh that, that a lot of people are going to be not maybe aware of is rockstar never releases on pc initially they always do it after they've done the the console so you need to have a playstation or an xbox if you want to play this game Mm -hmm. in 2025 um i'm interested i you know, they, the problem I always had with the GTA games is that I thought the concept and the execution of the environments and everything, even back in the day, was amazing. But the actual gameplay often sucked because there's a lot of combat and the combat was often really, really hard to do. And then the other thing was racing the game, racing the cars around. And also, I, f- I personally always found that quite difficult as well. So, um, but then I've never played beyond GTA 3... GTA so, 4
0: was the worst when it came to. Because that was the first one that hit, at the time, the next generation, the Xbox 360. Yeah. And the cars were really, really floaty, and it was super hard to, to drive anything in that game. It was terrible. Right. Um, and I was reminded of that because I was talking to Cole about, well, the, one of the characters in GTA 4 is a guy who lives in America, but he's the cousin of your main character and in Mm -hmm. the first trailer he's the guy's like welcome to america and that guy's a connection of mine on linkedin and so i reached out to him back when we were doing the my mac podcast and he made a commercial using that voice right and i you know i mixed it with the music that they had played and some sound effects and stuff and it was quite awesome yeah so anyway let's move on from gta um we're doing something new here on Geeks Pub. We're starting a new feature, and it's going to continue on every episode um, for a while. We call it the bracket because yeah. yeah. we're not very creative sometimes, and that's <clears throat> so. The bracket is a superhero movie or comic book movie, I should say, not superhero comic book movie. Um, Fight Club.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, worth explaining because as I as I indicated to you when you first. Uh, approach me this idea um the idea of a bracket is not universally understood outside of north america right so um the uh, the bracket is like uh, a bracket is like a tournament league yes um you might see so you have versus uh, one thing versus another and then the winner moves on uh, as they would do in a sports tournament yep and then you uh, play
0: um, or compete against the winner of the last bracket
1: exactly so so we've um, got
0: 16 Uh, comic book movies and i literally downloaded a spreadsheet of i think every comic book movie made and i sorted them uh, by chance and i took the top 16 and that's what we're going to do so this is season one by the way yeah
1: i was going to ask you about this is that is that these pairings uh, are completely random they're not Right, okay. They're not selected by you for the purposes of argument.
0: No, no. It's completely random, and what we'll do in season one, we'll crown a champion, and then in season two, we'll get 16 more, and we'll do that four times until we have four champions, and then the four champions will go against each other. Right. You like it? That should should take us out to 2030, I think.
1: Okay, okay. Well, uh, at least until uh, GTA 6 is available on PC. Yeah,
0: then I'll be missing, and you'll be missing time. Uh, So (laughs) this episode, we're going to do um, the first four brackets. We're going to take the top four and the bottom four movies, if you will. Um, Now, these are already ranked, but the ranks don't mean anything. It's just how I put them in the spreadsheet. Um, Until we get number one. Sounds like okay. fun. Sounds we'll, like fun. We'll, we'll go through who's in this uh, season one bracket here in a few minutes. But first, do you see that uh, there's a new trailer for the new season of Halo? Which I did. You liked and the series a little bit more than I did. I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I,
0: I liked I, it, but it, the the CGI was so bad.
1: Uh, I. It wasn't so much that. I just. I just. I,
0: so um,
1: let me give you some background I've just finished Halo literally last night finished the storyline for Halo Infinite campaign um, and I've played all the Halo games yep. and I really really love the Halo mm. games but I love I don't play multiplayer games really so I really love the single player campaigns
0: I agree, with and you that's there.
1: appropriate for this TV show because um, effectively they've taken the lore of the Halo games and kind of remixed it into something else yep. Um the problem I had with with the Halo TV show is that I felt they got so excited about cramming as many different things in as possible, including some of their own ideas, that they kind of lost sight of the fact of what the show was meant to be about, to me. Because it was yeah. a it was a Halo show and the star of Halo is Master Chief and he he kind of wanders around most of the show without his helmet on brooding and not yeah. doing an awful lot. Yeah. And he wasn't in it as much as you would expect him to be because they gave a lot of screen time to other characters. Who were not and, very uh, interesting. Yeah, well that was the problem, is that the more characters you have, the less time you have to kind of delve into the characters. And I think the problem is, is they didn't this didn't really have any focus. The video games have a singular focus, which is yeah, they're a first-person shooters. So there's an awful lot of shooting of aliens in them, but interspersed with that, and that's one of the things I think that makes Halo more interesting than some of the other shooters you might play, is that there was this character dynamic between the Master Chief, who's a cybernetically aug- augmented super soldier, whose face you never see because he always has his helmet on, uh, and his uh, robot, well, not his computer AI. AI embedded AI called Cortana, who is. Um, You know, a phenomenally uh, intelligent creature that's kind of lives in his helmet. And they have this relationship. And it's really quite interesting because it's a masterpiece of voice acting, what they do in the games. Over many, many years, they kept the same actors yeah that they actually build this relationship via characters who you can't really see i mean you see you see cortana um and it you know it's it's (laughs) it's video game so every time you see her and the graphics improve she gets curvier and curvier (laughs) yeah shocker all right and she kind of you know strolls around but she only walks around on his hand uh and onto platforms and back again so there's not a lot of acting that can be done there it's mostly done with the voice and then the master chief you just never see him at all and despite that they build this truly believable relationship and it drives the dynamic of all the games and even this last one it's it's still all about the relationship between master chief and this ai who's who's over the course of the series kind of goes rogue um and that's the most interesting relationship in the video games now i can understand them not wanting to necessarily just recreate that on tv but nevertheless i think they went far too far the other direction by throwing all these extra characters into the mix and the problem is it just became kind of dull because you weren't really invested in any of them and that was the problem and also as well for a show that's based on a first person shooter there was a a shocking lack of action and i think most people were kind of expecting to see lots and lots of you know fully CGI'd action and as you say when they did do it it didn't look very good
0: oh in the last so, episode the the alien planner whatever the hell they're on looks so bad it's like yeah you couldn't even bother yeah. to render graphics in the background this well
1: i I, so s- I i think I, you look at this and you think well this this very much smells like a too many cooks problem yeah uh and a level of ambition that outstrips the time or the budget or both. They had um, good on them for doing a season two, because I think actually the show deserves a season two. Um, the trailer looks better, but then things always look better in the trailer. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Um, I did watch, I, I watched the series, but you know, despite the fact that I'm a huge halo fan, I really had to slog my way through it because it was just, just very middle of the road, which was really disappointing.
0: Maybe when um, we're done with uh, our bracket thing, and we crown our ultimate champion, we'll have one for trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that good idea. Not not basing it on how good the movie actually no, is. No, just just, just on the trailer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. But so so, I think this very much smacked of, you know, the problem we used to get with video game adaptations, which was they they were often very profoundly disappointing. You know what's um, funny.
0: I don't even remember. I, I know I watched a trailer for season two. I'm the one who put this in the show notes. Yeah.
1: I can't you tell you what.
0: I can't remember it at all. That's no. pretty bad. Yeah. that That's pretty bad. Um, so, you know, I don't... Does it I deserve a season two, though, really?
1: I think... Well, I think the, the, the idea of doing a, a Master Chief TV show, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe it should be called Master Chief and not Halo. Because it doesn't really have a lot to do with... The Halo games, and it doesn't really have a lot to do with Halos. Yeah. So, you know, um, maybe that's part of the issue. Is 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 they should change the focus? But I, I just, I've got a horrible feeling we're going to get it more of the same in season two. I
0: think we're exactly uh, getting it more uh, of the same.
1: And uh, you know, after that, it will die because even much put it this way, much better shows than Halo have been cancelled over the past two three years. Yeah. So um, we will see. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sad because, you know, I've just, as I said, I've just finished Infinite. I really, despite the fact it got a mediocre review from a lot of people, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good.
0: I haven't. Um, uh, I played maybe 10 minutes of it. Yeah. I always mean to go back to it and play it some more, but, you know. It's,
1: it's interesting because this one, they actually did an open world. So you could go yeah, anywhere. That's what made me excited the, about On the it. Halo. Yeah. But the, the problem is, again, they didn't really make good use of that because you just basically use that as a way of... Uh, you, you had all these missions that were very, very similar, and all you had to do was trek between them somehow. Um, there wasn't an awful lot else going on in, in the Halo. So um, it wasn't like GTA where you could figure out how to do anything. Right. It really was just, you know, now now rather than going from mission to mission by just teleporting, you could, uh, you had to trudge over one and a half kilometers of simulated landscape. Yeah. Until you open up fast travel, in which case you then just start teleporting between them again. Because uh, there's nothing it,
0: to do between these places.
1: Yeah, it was it, was, it was, it was, yeah, it kind of reminded me of some of the early Halo levels where you really felt that the, 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 the environment they were in really existed. Yeah, I mean, it was really, it was very well realized, but the problem was it was just it was a bit dull. There wasn't very much to do.
0: Yeah, you know, I, it was I kind of like being in a national opening. park. Well, number one, the the music for Halo is amazing. It's one yeah. of the best video game soundtracks of all time. I, I'll I'll die on that cross. Um, yeah. But I still remember the beginning of the first game where you're on Halo. And the aliens are landing, and you're at this platform, and you got to fight them back. And there's other soldiers there, and it it, it was so cinematic. You know, when these other ships yeah. were coming in, and you would look up in this first-person shooter and see them coming in. It was just it was awe-inspiring. It looked amazing. Yeah. And back back in back when they
1: first did that game, that was. I mean remember this is pre Xbox 360 it was the yeah. original Xbox it really was quite groundbreaking because it was. shooters shooters weren't like that back then no. the the difficulty halo the halo franchise faces now is that now everybody's done all of that and so they have to come up with something new um, and, uh, this was the first time they did open world and, you know, as, as much as I enjoyed the game and I, you know, I finished everything. I didn't just finish the story. I finished all of the missions. So I went all over the halo, uh, and it was a lot of fun, but I could also recognize the, um, the complaints people had that it was also quite generic and, um, you know, much of doing the same thing over, over and over again. The, for, for, for me, the thing that, that made it great was that playing as the master chief you feel you're still vulnerable but you feel so powerful you feel like you are a super soldier in a super suit with really cool weapons and that you know you're the best soldier in in the game it makes you feel like that which is incredible and that's one of the things that really kind of disappoints about the tv show is they didn't really lean into that at all you know the master chief was venerated right across the tv show and you didn't really get to see why
0: yeah let's uh we've had this in the show notes for (laughs) a while back in october uh and we just never got to it it seems but i think now's a good time um there's a new highlander it's they're rebooting highlander yeah and they're using uh henry cavill as the lead so as soon as i
1: saw this i thought that is inspired yeah that's that's really good yeah he is really good. I mean, I, I have a lot of re- lot of time for Henry Cavill as an actor because I think he's a lot more versatile than people give him credit for. But he is built like a unit. Yeah, he's a massive guy, and he's got a great kind of charisma about him, which made him great as Superman. Um, and you just know that he will be awesome as the Highlander. Um, and this came out of I was we were I was making up. Um, topics for us to talk about when we had nothing else to talk about and one of the things i came up is uh you know our modern remakes of older material worthwhile or worthless i put that in the show notes and literally the next day they said they're doing highlander again with uh henry cavill and this is being directed by chad stahelski who's the guy behind um he's a former stuntman he's the guy behind uh the john wick movies Yep. so uh you know that all of that makes me kind of excited because. Highlander was uh, a lot of people not of our age may not might not have ever really heard of it because it's it's ki- kind of old now, but back in the day it was very, very on point in terms of geek culture. it was very stylish, um, it had great music soundtrack because it was soundtrack was by Queen um, it had Christopher Lambert, who was one of the you know cool actors of the day in it um, Sean Connery uh, who was, Sean Connery. how uh, I many it amazing. was yeah. He was amazing, despite the fact that he was a Scottishman playing an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, who was dressed as a Spaniard. Yeah. Um, And it shouldn't have worked. And yet Sean Connery kind of made it work. Uh, And it's about these immortals. There are immortals all over the globe. um, And uh, they kind of spend their time going through history. And eventually they feel compelled to battle each other to... um, uh, kind of like a bracket yes <laughs> they have to, they have to fight each other until there's only one left the immortals can only kill each other by beheading themselves and then they absorb the energy of the other ones uh until there's only one left and of course it ends up between uh, a fight between the good one christopher lambert the highlander uh and the bad one who's um <laughs> a guy with a with a bone helmet <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's very much of the '80s. It's much more <laughs> style than substance. You actually try and make a pl- figure out the plot, and it's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it, but it, it kind it, of it's,
0: worked. It, it's bad, but it's good at the yeah. same time.
1: And and it turned into a huge. There, there was a really long-running TV show, which, which was kind of based around the same concept of some. <laughs> You know, despite the fact that Christopher Lambert ends up being the the one left, it turns out he has a cousin that nobody ever heard of who he has five seasons of a TV show. Um, but you know, it was really cool. And um, if you want to see very stylish sword fights for uh, low budget sci fi stakes, this is this is your jam. And I was kind of excited to see that Henry Cavill could be the Highlander with uh, with uh, John Wick kind of. Um, action
0: moves i just put a uh, picture in the show notes i've seen this on more highlander because of course toyota sells a vehicle called highlander all right okay and you see these little stick figures on cars right family of four well this <laughs> one shows four stick <laughs> figures with no heads and one with a sword and it says there can only there be can one look, and then there highlander.
1: can be a be only one which was the the, the kind of the tag phrase of Highlander yeah that's thought, that's very very funny yeah,
0: pretty good. I like that very much yeah, yeah. I think something like that's gonna be the show notes um yeah. well the show graphic I should say so yeah I'm, I, am I looking forward to it yeah I mean I always thought the I thought Clancy the bad guy was awesome in it I mean he was as yeah. shit he as a person he scared me I'm like this dude is he kind of scares me
1: and and this was very early in his career, but he went on to be like the big heavy bad guy in an awful lot of stuff because he was big. He's got a scarred face and a and a um, uh, kind of a, a gravelly voice. Uh, and yeah, he's one of these people who probably scare anybody if he just walks into McDonald's next to you. let yeah. alone when he's all dressed up and he's awesome. You know,
0: yeah. he did a lot of cartoon voices too, but he pretty much just did his own voice. I mean, because it's so good. He's, yeah. he's 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 awesome so anyways let's move on to our bracket now so we have got uh, 16 comic book movies um and we're gonna get down to one which we think is the best now here's here's the thing we're going to disagree right <laughs> so how do point, we so so how do well how do we get one to move on if we're you can't have a tiebreaker it's one-on-one so we're going to do a coin flip to see. You know, like if, if you you want movie A and I want movie B and we're both passionate, neither one of them is going to give up. We'll use a coin flip. Okay. And then whoever wants coin flip, that's the one that goes on.
1: Okay, I've, I've got to be honest. I I mean I, the, the reason I asked the question about had you had you selected these or the head to heads is because. Yeah. There's a lot of toughies here.
0: I know, there is. It's, yeah. That's the fun part. So, here are yeah. the 16 um, entries for season one. Aquaman, which came out in 2018. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Unbreakable, which came out in 2000. A lot of people don't realize that Unbreakable was based on a comic book. Yeah. Uh, or... It versus became Deadpool. a comic book, yeah. Deadpool, yeah. Um, Captain yeah, do America. Do the verses so that, so that people know which is which versus which. No, we'll get to that. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, Captain America, first the first one, The Rocketeer. Captain uh, Marvel from 2019. The 1989 Batman. 2019 Joker. X-Men First Class. I can't believe that's from 2011. That seems... No, no, yeah. Wow. X-Men from 2000, the first X-Men movie. The first Doctor Strange, Blade from 1998, that's uh, Wesley Snipes, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Judge Dredd, which is Sylvester Stallone, 1995, (laughs) uh, and Venom from 2018. So that is our bracket.
1: Did it select random movies from the list? Yes. Because, all right, okay, because when when I I saw Judge Dredd, I assumed it was the later one. Well, that's why I put the date. Right that's that was actually just called Dread wasn't it so okay. I think so yeah. That's the
0: guy that played Bones Yep Yep he's in the boys So who's going against who well this week we've got in our first match Aquaman against Captain America the Winter Soldier um and then Unbreakable going against Deadpool and then Blade going against the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and then Judge Dread against Venom so, let's get started, David. Aquaman, hmm. which I think is an underrated movie, quite honestly, yeah um it it was at the height of d c is building the same thing as Marvel. they just did it in reverse order. They started with the big team up, and then they break all these characters out, yeah, into their own movies, although I do believe Aquaman still took a little bit of time, not as long as the flash, but a little bit of time to come out with his own movie, yeah, um. I I think when I first watched this Aquaman movie, I was like, "That was okay," but I don't remember being blown away by it. Do you?
1: Um, I think I think it was a it was a mu- movie that impressed in the movies more than you thought it. was. I think there was a problem that a lot of people went in with low expectations. <laughs> let's face it, and we've seen it in shows like the boys and what have you. Aquaman's always been a bit, bit of a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's got fishy powers, you know. And they a lot of people have kind of taken the mickey out of it. I actually think they did a pretty decent fist of turning the uh, original Aquaman. He, I mean, he was played very well in the um in the team up movie. Uh, in uh, Justice League because uh, he was played by a character who's actually really good at doing that kind of tough but cool thing um, you know and uh, I, th- I think they the movie to me I remember being quite surprised by how good I thought it was I think the difficulty always with an Aquaman movie is uh, you know it's, it's people fighting underwater and no matter how well you do that and I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, they had a really cool effect when they kept going in and out of water and they would walk into rooms where the water would drain away um, and they could talk more differently and yet they could still move and, and it felt like they were actually fighting underwater. I think the problem is, is that, fighting underwater just comes across as a bit lame um and uh i i still think this had a a bit of a stink of lameness about it despite the fact that they had a very cool actor uh as aquaman they had a pretty good cast from what i remember uh in in this movie um but it was you know the story was kind of meh yeah you know it's it's just it's a typical thing of you know it's it's strange a reconnects with his people turns out he's meant to be the people's savior nobody buys it there's a despot on the throne i mean we it's a story we've heard a hundred times before um you know the the the, the girl he ends up with initially she's you know on the bad side uh bad guy's sides and you know she's kind of working with them but she has some sympathy for him and eventually they she helps him and all that. again something we've we've heard before i'll tell you the best thing about the um aquaman movie was was like the beat they had this b plot where they had um what's he called the guy in there manta ray yes the manta yeah this guy in a robot suit yeah, he's like he's like an underwater Tony Stark, yeah. And he he literally exists in this movie just to chew up some time fighting Aquaman for reasons. I mean, that, reasons. that's all he's there for yeah. reasons. That's all he's there for. Those scenes were by far and away the best part of the movie. Yeah, and yet there's they complete, they're effectively completely fight filler um but they were the best part and and the, yeah this guy just literally gets short shrift you know he fights him once kind of gets away finds a second time kicks his ass Aquaman absolutely kicks his ass and that's it that's all you say and then in the end they kind of bring him on and saying well he's out for revenge Manta is always out for revenge right <laughs> that is that's his gig that is made very clear in this movie that the Manta is all about revenge on Arthur Curry on Aquaman. Um, but apart from that, he, he's, he's played by Michael B. Jordan, an amazing actor. Yeah. And he he's basically given no lines, no plot, no back, very little backstory. And the backstory he has is revenge. <laughs> and then he just turns up and, you know, spends 25 minutes in a kick ass fight and gets beaten. It was it was. Amazing, but also pointless. And I think there's the problem with the movie, maybe, and maybe that's why you don't remember it much, is that it all seemed a bit pointless at the end of the day, you know, and nobody, nobody I think, really cared who was on the fish throne. I don't um, think anybody did either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, of course, what's happening now is we've,
1: we've got the next one coming. Which is kind uh, of
0: embarrassing because... Because
1: it, this is a dead universe, so it's a dead universe yeah. walking.
0: Yeah. yeah it's like um and and the nothing uh, matters I, in this movie
1: yeah uh, and so i can imagine the uh you know the the drowning puns are going to be made in headlines across the tech press and the media press uh, about they're gonna about, kill about them. <laughs> yeah you know and it's a shame because um it could be good yeah and and i do really like uh jason momoa the actor i I've, do too I, i've watched him in lots of things he was in the funnily enough. <laughs> How how ironic is this? He was a big star in Stargate Atlantis. He The guy has a thing for water. Um, but he was also in that um, Apple TV show where everyone was blind. Um, he's he's a really good actor. Again, another one of these guys, because he's big and beefy, I think he gets only action roles. And I think he's better than that. But, um, you know, he sure does pull it off. And he's probably the best thing in the Aquaman
0: movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, but the problem is what it's going against here in our bracket. <laughs> yeah, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, yeah,
1: one of the best superhero movies of all superhero time. movies ever made. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think that this is even a fair fight. Um, <laughs> my prediction is Captain America: The Winter Soldier is going to be vying for the championship. Um, it is quite simply one of the very best superhero movies ever made. I think yeah. that. Um, um, part of the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is because of the Captain America movies. Now, I'm glad Civil War's not in here because I don't know what's better is is Civil War or The Winter Soldier. Boy, it's a hard one. But the concept of this movie is that Bucky, who was in the first Captain America movie uh, and killed, and it's kind of the motivation behind Captain America in a way, uh, it's a big regret, comes back and he's been cybernetically enhanced he's got this bionic arm basically and he's um, but he's he's soviet brainwashed so yes.
1: effectively he's been turned into like a brainless assassin
0: yep uh, um, and i thought it was too soon to introduce that character because i thought yeah that should they should have held that back for a long time but now looking back no it makes perfect sense um
1: yeah so uh, the winter soldier is the movie where they basically kind of reset part of the universe they got rid of shield um hydra rises uh and and this was a bit this movie was like a big uh, like almost like a spy thriller
0: oh it absolutely um, was I yeah mean.
1: because because it's not just and and it's really one of the things that you know, and it was directed by the russo brothers who went on to direct civil war uh and then to direct the uh the the finale of the, of the kind of the Avengers phase of, of Marvel, of Marvel universe with, um, with the Thanos, you know, um, the
0: Thanos Infinite,
1: saga. Yeah. The Thanos saga. Yeah. Um, and these guys really knew what they were doing and they, they just fired straight out the gate with this. It's a terrific movie and not just because it's not, there are battles and stuff in it, but actually it's not so much about those. The, set, the action set pieces are amazing, but they one well, it's one of the few, air, um, few, Action superhero movies where the, the action sequences further the plot. Yes, every action sequence in this movie means something, it's yes. not just there, unlike Aquaman, it's not just there to fill some screen time. There are real stakes in this, you know. It whether and it doesn't matter whether whether a Captain America's about, it, he realizes that S.H.I.E.L.D. is bad and he's he, he gets into an elevator full of guys who are basically going to take him out, which is an amazing wins. scene, it's an amazing sequence, and and again a bold piece of filmmaking to build a big action sequence. And it goes on for a surprisingly large amount of time yep. in an elevator <laughs> where, the, where Captain America is basically just surrounded by five or six or eight or however many it is bad guys. And he wins. Yeah. And even the people in the movie can't believe he wins. I mean, they are they are astounded, as, as astounded as we are by what he does in this sequence. And then later on, any time he's fighting the Winter Soldier, he's... He's not only just fighting him; he's also trying to get through to him. Yeah, he's holding to say, back Remember the whole me? time. Yeah, I'm your best friend. I don't want to fight you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he, at the same time, they are fighting each other. Um, the characterization the Black- is what does it for me because the Black Widow was always just a... We, I don't know. I I never bought her character in the Iron Man movies. Yeah, she was just like okay. Um, no, in, in the first Avengers, I did like her. I mean, the fear that yeah. she shows when she goes and meets Bruce Banner for the first time is yeah. palpable. But, but this, this this was one, the movie uh, when
1: she became an Avenger. Because, yes. because this is when she, during the course of this movie, because of what they go through, she learns to trust him and yep. he learns to trust her. Yep. And it's done so organically and so well done that and you s- really just absolutely buy the journey that her character yes. goes on. You and, know, And really, a lot of what came later on could not have happened without what no. happened with
0: her in this movie. Well, she yes, becomes because, a, yeah, she when becomes she, a she dies at, yeah. at, you know, recovering one of the affinity Stones, um, it has meaning because of this movie.
1: Absolutely, because she's become so, so much of a part. I mean, you know, if she'd have just died and people went, oh, God, you know, she was a pain to be around. Glad she's gone. Right. You know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it Instead, it has real impact because... The whole team is devastated by what she does, you know, and it has ramifications that go on as the universe. Um, Sam Wilson
0: uh, is, I think, the way they introduce him, that he's a a veteran. um, He stays in shape. um, He's kind of adrift, you know. And how he meets Steve Rogers is on a run. Yeah, and the way they do it on your left, and he keep Steve Rogers keeps lapping him, going around the Lincoln Memorial and stuff, and then last one, don't 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 you do it? (laughs) He goes around him again, and just the the camaraderie that they build—it doesn't effortless.
1: Yeah, because because they they just they bond over a common experience, which is being a veteran and being kind of out of place as a veteran. Yeah, that's why they become friends. Mm -hmm. Uh. And and you can see each of them, you know... But again, I think the whole... The story of, of The Winter Soldier is about Captain America going on a journey where he realises he has more friends than dead Bucky, even while he's trying to save dead Bucky. Um, and really, it does kind of start you down the path. Uh, well, this movie does start you down the whole path towards the uh, the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Because you have to get rid of... You have to get rid of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the kind of the and Rashield's always been the MacGuffin. they always come and yeah. save the day at the last day so you have to dismantle that and it was very bold back then to say okay this thing that we built up over all these movies we're just going to wipe it away and say actually it's all corrupt and bad and that kind of says something about our world as well um and uh yeah it it was just yeah so it's a phenomenal movie and put it this way it pours uh, Aquaman's just been waterboarded because yeah. He, yeah, there's he's not no coming question. out of this one alive. No.
0: <laughs> Our second matchup are, t- are two really good movies. This, this, no, this might is, be the most this is, difficult. This is
1: the toughest one. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think next week or next episode, we're going to have a couple tough ones too, but this one is really hard. Unbreakable, yeah. which is Bruce Willis, uh, M night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, yeah. however you say his name, Sh- came Shyamalan. Out, Yeah, came out yeah. in, in two thousand and sixteen years later. The first Deadpool movie. Um, Unbreakable was just unbelievable when it came out. There was really nothing like it.
1: I think as well, because it... I, th- I don't think anyone was exp- nobody was exp- even when you went into it you weren't expecting it to be a comic book movie uh and nobody was expecting m night Shyamalan who at this time was was in the early days of, i mean he's fallen a little bit from grace because he's had more more misses than the he'd had back then yep. but he was coming off the back of the sixth sense which was the big again with bruce willis uh, an amazing movie with a unique twist a at the twist, end yeah Yeah, exactly. And so we go into this and we thought, okay, kind of... But you think it's going to be kind of a... It starts very low-key, and you think this is going to be kind of like a character study. And then it actually it is. Yeah, it is, but then it turns out to be a critique of comic books in in an amazing way. And the the thing that really drives this movie is is phenomenal performances from the two leads. Um, This has... I would uh, say
0: by robin wright was right there too i mean Robert yeah Penn. yeah i mean his wife yeah. you feel her anguish about him yeah she wants this relationship and there's just something there and
1: yeah this 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 guy has drifted through his life um and uh you know he has, has been colored by a particular experience he had as a as a uh, you know when they were dating yeah um and he just doesn't seem to have any purpose and then we find out why and it's a superhero story you know, it's about a guy who doesn't know who he is because he literally doesn't know what he is. Yep. And because, you know, and and this 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 guy played by uh, Samuel L. Jackson in, he's just acting his socks off in this. He's just amazing. Mr. He's Glass. The, Mr. Glass. He's playing a guy who has a brittle bone disease uh, and is obsessed with comic books and um, and he, knows
0: he's a bad guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. But that's he has to be the bad guy again,
0: because he has to make the good guy the good guy.
1: exactly but that's the but that's the twist of the movie that comes yes. halfway through it comes halfway through rather than the end yes which, which is again good. is great because that's what it sets sets things up to be because bruce willis survives this train crash and he's the only person who walks off without scratch and uh, samuel l jackson sees this and re and thinks well he must be my opposite my nemesis because I am very, very fragile. So for every yin, there's a yang. So if I'm very, very, very fragile, then there must be a guy who's who's unbreakable. And That's the title of the movie. And he introduces him to this and basically says to him, you don't know it, but you're a superhero. Yeah. And, and Bruce Willis doesn't believe it and until he very slowly... It's not just like, you know, when Superman discovers he can fly. This is a very, very low introduction to the fact yeah. that the guy realizes that you know all of these excuses he's made over his life are, are covering up the fact that he is unbreakable um and then he embraces it and of course then he finds out that not only does that mean he he's he's the super he's super and he's a hero but that means there must be a super villain and that's who uh, mr glass is um it's 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 just phenomenal it really is a great great movie and very different from the sort many of the movies we we're talking about here the action scenes are okay but again they're kind of clumsy they're exactly how they were if you were in real life you were a superhero yeah you you were unbreakable that doesn't mean you know how to fight that doesn't mean that you uh you and you've got the best brain or you anticipate everyone's moves like captain america does if 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 you were tough so tough that nobody could kill you, but you still got to fight you with anybody. It would be a mess. <laughs> it would be out of control. It wouldn't be pretty and stylized like something out of um, like something out of uh, John Wick. Uh, it would be what like most typical fights are clumsy, um, opportunistic, uh, not particularly exciting to watch, uh, and you wouldn't know who's going to win until the winner winner emerges, um, and that's kind of what they do with that here. And this is what what's great about it is that it is. It, it, it feels, even even though it's fantastical, it feels very grounded. Um, and uh, it's the sort of thing you could imagine would happen. It could happen in real life if these characters existed. Yep. So it's a phenomenal movie. It really is. Uh, I don't care too much for the sequels. You know, where no, they brought them back. Yeah. And, and I, the one thing that makes it tough for me to watch this movie nowadays is knowing how Bruce Willis has ended up. You know, yeah, guys. That's, that's guys. Guys. I mean, the, the guy really was. I think, even though he was up for Oscars and that sort of thing, I think his career really took a, a negative nosedive. And and I think he was very underrated in Hollywood because he got tied to these um, super franchises like Die Hard and everything. And I actually think he was a far better actor than that. And it's sad to see that that now he's got dementia. And he doesn't mm-hmm. know who he is.
0: Um, I don't know if he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't have the ability to speak.
1: No, it's gotten worse than that now. Recently, it? It was, yeah. they, they said it was full-blown dementia, and he, he really doesn't, you know, bumbles his way through the day not knowing what's going on. So. Oh, yeah, that's terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next one, though, is what it's going against is Deadpool. Now, oh, is these so... could not be two polar opposite movies. As yeah. low-key and dark and brooding as Unbreakable is, Deadpool is the exact opposite. And as well as the casting is in Unbreakable, I think it's even better. I hate to say that, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, was Ryan Reynolds born to play Deadpool or not? I mean, <laughs> I, I good think God. So. I mean, he's I, so I, good in this movie. I think... And I love the story I, I think, how this movie came to be. That yeah. him and the director got together and made a short five-minute film. And... The, the,
1: that yeah, and not not just you know, this is one two two guys messing around with camcorders. I mean they made it with special effects. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, this was basically was a, a five minute very expensive elevator demo, pitch.
0: Well demo reel, how, yes.
1: Demo reel of how to do Deadpool in the movies and to show what it could be. Uh, and it very much leans into what Deadpool in the comics is all about, which is irreverent, yep. um, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, really really kind of stupid but in a very very funny way while it being extremely violent extremely <laughs> and, violent and, and, and the light-hearted approach to the violence is not i, I mean it is it's kind I of think book. The, it is comic book but i think i think the beauty I, I they they realized that to do that in the movies you have to do a bit more than just show it um and i think what they do is very brilliantly in the actual movie of deadpool is that you know, he's. You realise very much that this light-hearted approach is a front for somebody who's in incredibly deep pain, yeah. Uh, and um, and Ryan Reynolds just really brings that out. the The story of this movie is is so much better than so many superhero movies because while it's about saving the girl from the bad guy and the bad guy's a bit of a lunatic, they kind of make it real in this. They make it. Um, it feels dangerous, uh, and it feels. Um, like his anger and his approach to it is justified. And yet he never loses that lightheartedness. And yet, and then what he does is they, they have the brilliant idea of bringing in some other minor characters from other franchises. Uh, they, they explicitly stay on screen. say on screen. This is because we haven't got the rights to the big one. Yeah. Cause it's fourth wall breaking. Yeah. And then he spends all time while they're helping him taking the Mickey out of them. It's brilliant. Yes. It's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, I I think just thinking about it as much as much as I love Unbreakable, I'm not, and I do mean really mean that I dearly love Unbreakable. I do too. I, I can't I can't
0: I can't feel I'm, I'm with you. Too. Can't beat Deadpool because here's the thing. Here's what it comes down to: you have to watch one of these movies when we're done filming or done recording. Which one yeah. are you going to watch? I yeah. guarantee you, it's going to be Deadpool. You're just yeah. going to watch Deadpool because it's it's so much fun and exciting and the acting is great and the action pieces are great colossus is great i mean it's it's so good and you do yeah. believe the love story between deadpool and the girl too yeah you exactly. totally you totally buy it
1: yeah and uh you can understand you know what happens in this and all you know and it has everything it it brings in everything from the comics but it doesn't um you know the, all the 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 fact that he lives with the blind old lady is there, just like it is in the comics. The relationship yeah. is very much the same as it is in the comics. It's bizarre and it shouldn't work. And yet it does because they love the material. And they've it was clear they were very, very careful to do it proper justice. And then even the side characters, you know, the taxi driver becomes a, it becomes a really important part of Deadpool's life. Um, I mean, even more so in the sequel. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's just a taxi driver who happens to pick up a superhero one day. You know, it's it's so funny. Um, it is a great, great movie. And uh, yes, don't get me wrong. It's extremely violent. Um, but it and it and it plays that for the laughs, but not not in an irreverent way. It rec- basically is like you say, like a comic. It recognizes that we're all used to seeing these violent scenes and that the, you know, they generic bad guys are going to get shot up uh, you know and not importantly it is comic book violence and it just plays into that brilliantly
0: it, it's it it I it's almost a perfect superhero movie isn't it yeah yeah so we're, we're giving it I can't believe I'm saying this though because <laughs> on this I, honestly it, it's really hard to convey to a listener right now how hard this is for me to say yeah. that Deadpool who I hate in the comic books it's it's an awful comic book. I don't enjoy it at all. I, I really don't. Really? Deadpool. I love. No. I, I, I love the com- love the comic. In fact, it gets too uh, long in the tooth. It's too over the top. They've done too much with him. He was overexposed.
1: Yeah, yeah. They kind maybe kind of. I kind of did. I did read the kind of virtually every Deadpool comic back to back a few years ago, like in order. Um, and and certainly going through it like that, you can kind of see that. But the thing is, is it. it, it, it the great thing about Deadpool is it deflates a lot of the pomposity
0: in a lot of these movies. That you And know? that's... it. And, and Deadpool that's, that's, works better as a movie than a comic book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it oh, I definitely does. agree with that. Yeah, because these movies are all about, you know, big world-changing stakes and everything like that. And he comes in and he just doesn't care. D- yeah. And uh, even if he rips- does care even if he does care, he doesn't care. That's, I mean, that's the brilliant thing about Deadpool is they can be things he really, really cares about, but while he's doing it, he doesn't care. And it doesn't matter what happens to him or anything around that. He just kind of comes with it because he doesn't care. And he's not hung up by, he's not carrying all this baggage, even though he's got a huge amount of baggage. It's a real weird thing, but it works on the screen.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. you just, yeah. We got to give it to Deadpool. Yeah. Seems absolutely. so strange to say that, though. Because I really, when when Unbreakable came out, I I was so blown away by it. I mean, it was so good. It was so different than any other kind of superhero movie. And it really felt grounded in a way that no other superhero movie really did.
1: But you're right; it doesn't pass the repeat test. If you, it doesn't. If you're choosing to watch it, watch something as important as it is, as groundbreaking, as as enjoyable as it was. It's just not the thing you'll sit down and watch. No, if it's on, you'll sit. You'll definitely. Oh, oh, I haven't seen this in ages. I'm going to watch it. But but you don't don't need to
0: watch it from the beginning either if you've already seen it. No,
1: yeah. Whereas Deadpool,
0: you want to watch the whole thing.
1: Yep. And if you come in halfway through, you're going to want... Th- I think this is the difference. If you come in halfway through Unbreakable, you watch it to the end and go, that was great. If you come in halfway through Deadpool, you're going to want to, oh, can I switch the plus one channel and watch the beginning? And then you'll end up watching the whole thing again. Yep. That's how good Deadpool is.
0: I'm redoing our bracket because the first one I did didn't work. Uh, it was a demo thing, so I have to redo the whole stupid thing. Because right. I couldn't change anything. <laughs>
1: you could so write I've it been- down. Write it down on a piece of paper and do it afterwards. No, I, I'm, I've been doing
0: it <laughs> while you've been talking. That's how good you are. I can oh, right. I can follow along with you talking and still type at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's because you're not really listening
0: to me, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now we're jumping to the bottom of our bracket for the mm. next the next battle, if you will. Blade, 1998, against the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which. I, I don't even... Okay, let's start with Blade. Blade is now um, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it wasn't back then. It wasn't back then. This is 1998, so it's it's still a couple of years before the first X-Men movie. Yeah. Um, I believe it's the year before Spider-Man came out. I think mm-hmm. that was... No, Spider-Man this came is, out in 2001. This
1: is, this is back when people did, did superhero movies for the money and nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah, this wasn't I I I would stand by this today. Is they made this movie not expecting it to be particularly successful. No, and it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. It's, it's rewatchable. I, yeah, I think I think this was one where they they kind of it was one of the things they put all the ingredients in the pot and expected to get something out that was quite generic and actually it transcended itself. Um partly from, you know, I I never really liked Wesley Snipes, but the The thing is is that he he again a little bit like Ryan rounds, he's perfectly suited to playing blade, yes because you know kind of grumpy little bit of a dick thinks he's really good and he is but not quite as good as he thinks he is, uh but overcomes despite that um you know the kind of the person you kind of a person you think oh i'd I'd hate to spend any time with him, but I kind of admire what he does. I kind of feel like Wesley Snipes is like that and Blade is like that too. Um, I agree. and uh but I think Blade you
0: know, Wesley Snipes takes himself way too seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely Co- completely opposite of Deadpool. Yes. Um but but the thing is no, I mean the the actor himself.
1: Yeah, no, Wesley but Snipes. but I'm saying but I I think the reason that Blade works is precisely because of that. I agree. It's because he he takes itself too seriously and and there's something about there's something about vampire law. Vampire law often takes itself too seriously. I know we have the comedy shows and you know what we do in the shadows and stuff like that. And Which actually, is one the, yeah, it's brilliant. And one of the reasons it's brilliant is because it's kind of taken the Mickey out of how vampires are always treated so seriously. Yes, um, Blade is very much in that mold of you know everything is important and uh, if we don't stop the vampires, they'll take over the world. And you know. Um, it's it is what it is it's very much of its time but it it really does work and i think one of the reasons that um this effectively (laughs) a minor character in the in this universe has kind of stayed in the public consciousness is because of these movies and and how successful they were but it's hard for me to pin put my finger on why I don't know whether it's vampires are cool. I mean, vampires are always cool. That's the thing. Lost Boys. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's
0: kind of what started it, was the Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh,
1: and obviously, you know, vampires have continued to be cool. We've had the Twilight Saga and all that sort of thing. And um, I think one of the only things that maybe undermined Blade um, is uh, if the vampires took over the world. It's like, what? So everyone's now immortal and superpowered? Does that sound like such a bad thing? Because um, the the problem is Blade takes the uh, the religious aspects out of vampirism. You know they're just a bad crew yes. who want to who want to do their thing. There's no there's none of the you know you're selling your soul to the devil or you're going to burn in hell or anything like that associated with the vampires in the Marvel universe.
0: Now did and did Ryan Reynolds was he in this one or the second one? I can't remember. I, I can't look remember. It up now.
1: You know uh, I just my memory goes back to Blade and I haven't watched it for a long time, but I just get this
0: this vision of a sword and coolness no he wasn't in this one uh chris kristofferson was
1: yeah Who he was a country uh, music
0: singer he was in a few movies and stuff but he's well, this crusty again, old bastard in this movie he was
1: always he was always a great actor um it just that he didn't do an awful lot of acting um yeah back in the 70s he was he was that was that was his zenith really he was really good in this he uh, what's the character he plays and he's like the sidekick.
0: Abraham, wise old Abraham Whistler.
1: That's Whistler. That's right. Yeah, he's he's like Blade's sidekick, a yeah. reluctant sidekick. Yes, Blade doesn't really want to be with him anyway. But again, that's very comic booky, um, and it, it kind of works. Again, all of the. I think even the was it Brad Dourif who played the uh, bad guy in this one? Oh, uh, Stephen Dorff. Uh, Stephen Dorff. I knew it was something like that. He was. He's really good in it as well. The performances are all
0: great. Yeah. Um, I. I, you know, I the, it was it was made as a B movie. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't think it's anything more than a B movie, but it's a really good B movie. Really good I mean, B movie. How, how? And do you really need anything else?
1: No, well, no. B movies are a genre in themselves, and they are enjoyable for they're yeah, they're popcorn movies, and this is a very very good one, and it and has does have legs, because we're talking about we're talking about it thirty years later, you know. Yes. <laughs> so.
0: But here's the funny part it's the actors sometimes that's going to make a movie. And, and that's a hundred percent true because the story itself is kind of stupid and blade. Yep. Right. But it's the actors and, and Wesley Snipes and swords and it just worked and the popcorn. Yep. Who gives a crap? This is fun movie. And it yep. made what? Three movies all together. Maybe four. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but,
1: but they're talking about bringing it back. Aren't they? He's yeah. A different actor a, though. Did well, obviously
0: Wesley Snipes is getting on a bit
1: nowadays, but, um, in uh, is it is it standalone or is it going to be part of? It's part of uh, part of. And everything, is it TV everything movie? No, it's movie. No, no, I know. Uh, it is, is a movie? But is it a, a proper Blade movie or is it he part of another
0: no, wider it's, crew? It's it's Blade.
1: It is Blade. Okay, fair enough. Well, so there you go.
0: The two thousand and three movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
1: Now, s- sadly, they will not be bringing this one back in thirty years on.
0: <laughs> Now, here's the problem with this. Now, the the idea behind this is some classic characters, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and stuff like that. Um, Doctor Nemo, right? Do Captain Nemo in the Captain Rautomous? Nemo, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we have and a, and a very Jules Verne based one, rather than the Disney right. movie one. Right, yeah? Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, uh, Alan, Alan Quatermain from King Solomon's Mines, yeah. and then Me- Mina Harker, who is the um, uh, the uh, the girl who was bitten by Dracula in the Dracula movies, right? In the Dracula story, yeah, they come together as kind of a, a, a kind of a Victorian steampunk superhero team.
0: And the, and the so, comic book was amazing.
1: Yeah, and the comic book was written by uh, Alan Moore
0: who's one of the best comic book writers one of, all of the time.
1: best, Yeah, exactly. And the comic book was amazing. And I was really, really excited about this when I heard they did a movie. They were
0: doing the movie. And Sean Connery's in it. How could you... I mean, it's going to be yeah. Sean Connery.
1: Mr. Uh, Highlander and, Sean,
0: and James Bond himself. Uh, Sean Connery's actually pretty good in this. Um, but...
1: Uh, now, until you find
0: out why he did this movie. The Money? No. Did, was it The Money? No.
1: Why did he do the movie?
0: He... Said if he didn't understand what the movie was about, he wasn't going to do the movie. Right. So he was offered a script back in 98, or late 97, early 98, that he read it, and he just didn't understand it, so he passed on it, and then when the movie came out, he always regretted it. And that was the role of Morbius Mobius, in um, The Matrix. The Matrix, right. And he saw how good it was, and then he decided... Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not going to be a, a big hit, fun movie. So when he was presented with this one, he took it simply because he passed on The Matrix. And he <laughs> always regretted not doing The Matrix, so he figured, this is another one of those movies that I don't get. On the page, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to do it because I think it's going to be a big one just like the one I missed. That's why he did this movie. And it's just- awful. <laughs> let's let's not even pretend that... it that it has a chance against Blade. I, I,
1: well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have a chance against Blade. I want to defend this movie a little bit. I th- I still think it was brave of them to do it. Oh, I um, agree with you there. I, I, I just think, yeah. I don't know whether it was the script, the budget, the execution, or all three of those things, but... Um, it definitely went awry in development (laughs) because it really should have been much better than it actually was Uh, and and i think the problem with it is they have again they have all these incredible characters um and they have to they just go by the numbers as a whole first of all the way they're brought together is fairly contrived then you have to have whole sequences when they're journeying to where they're going where you have to demonstrate their powers um and um it, yeah it just it, it it just feels like superhero by the numbers and it really uh you know you can kind of understand why alan moore is not thrilled with cinematic adaptations of his work because it often comes out like this um and it, you know it's a pale imitation
0: of the comics it's um, yeah it's so bad it doesn't mean, work it doesn't work at all though. yeah it doesn't great yeah. cast good acting for the most part yeah um when it comes to the like the CGI and all that, it was fairly well done for its day, but it's yep. such a bad movie. I mean, I can't even remember what the hell it was about. I really can't. And I, I watched well, it, it twice.
1: It was it was Victorian Avengers. That's basically what it was meant to be, only without any of the because back then they didn't do like leading movies to develop. I mean, had they? I, I don't know who had the rights to this and what of that, but had they? Taking the approach that Marvel then took 10 years later, with uh, starting with Iron Man, if they'd have done a Jekyll and Hyde movie and an Alan Quartermain movie and a Mina Harker movie and then brought them together, this would have been phenomenal. If they could have pulled that off, but nobody was going to take that sort of risk back in the, uh, back in the early two thousands. Uh, and uh, it suffers because of it. Cause I think that's what's really required. And that's why the comics work better because you've got more time and space to develop these characters. Instead of just saying, here's a person defined by their power, throw them on the submarine. They've got job to do, which is really what this movie is about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, which means that anytime any make anyone makes a decision or Uh, you know, that has consequences for them or anything like you just don't buy into it. It's just like, Oh, oh, whatever. Oh, Nemo's sacrificing himself. Is he? Oh, okay. Oh, um, you know, this one's going to die at the end. This one isn't at the end. Who cares? Yeah. And that's the, that's the fundamental problem with it is it becomes all about who cares, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so blade moves on blade moves on. Yes. So our three winners so far is captain America and the winter soldier, Deadpool and blade. Last one for this episode yep judge dread 1995 against venom 2018 do we even need to talk about this
1: i mean this just
0: the, the concept behind judge dread the, the comic books was a uk thing
1: this is um, the same this is the same as as league of extraordinary yeah, general they, they took an Judge Dredd, and yeah, just destroyed judge, it i loved judge dread but well, i used to read the comics when they came out brand new which they were is great. it yeah, they were. they were the very is- violent,
0: and the whole idea is, uh, mega corporations and cities has now taken over the planet. Mega City yeah. One, which was New York, supposedly.
1: Well, no, it was the whole Mega City. The reason it was a Mega City is the whole of the eastern Seaboard of right, the United States. But it States. was
0: basically New right. York. They t- the New York kept growing and growing, and just it took everything. Exactly, um, and, and it's it's impossible to police this. The years twenty one thirty. Thirty-nine, something like that.
1: Yeah, they have they have new. Nu- it's set in the, in the in the far future, so yep. they have they've had nuclear wars and this sort of thing, and they've come up with a system of justice of so the judges, and the judges are basically su- judge are jury and execution. Judge during execution. They 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 have the power to um, police crimes, but also to sentence people straight away on the streets, and this is the only way that um, crime is managed in Mega City in Mega City One and, and in this future. Now, in the comics, there is a lot of nuanced stuff behind that right? Judge Dredd is, is like the Uber policeman. He's the, one of the most successful street judges of all time. And he's consistently resisted promotion because he wants to, he, he believes that staying on the streets and enforcing the law is his duty. And he continues to do that. And you know, it's, it's a very similar approach to going back to Master Chief in Halo. He, you rarely see him take off his helmet. Um, his backstory is fed out in dribs and drabs. Um, his motivations, you know, you, you kind of, over the course of the of many years of the comics, you understand where they come from and his beliefs and some of the things he goes through. And they have the same sort of problems that the comic, other comic comic book characters have. They have corruption, they have people trying to take over, uh, all sorts of different things he has to deal with. And they did this movie that basically took the setting uh, and the bones of the character, and then just kind of ignored the rest of it. Yep. They literally lifted whole great chunks from the comics without any of the context and then exactly. rewrote them all. yeah. Yeah? Uh, and then they put a star in the helmet in Judge Dredd, who basically, because he was such a star, said, well, I'm not keeping the helmet on. I want people to see my face. Yep. So, he, he basically, you see him in the helmet in the beginning and then he takes it off and he never puts it back on again. And he really, you know... Sylvester Stallone is not a bad actor. No, and he's, he's done a, a lot- great actor,
0: actually.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. And, so, and he's done a lot of great action movies. But this was at his time this isn't he one was of them.
0: just he was looking to build franchises to make a lot of money. Yeah. He yeah. wanted another Rocky, another Rambo. He thought this was going to be the next one. And it could have been. But all the interviews that I've read over the time or watched on YouTube, of the creatives behind this movie, said it was his insistence that this is more he wanted more comedy in it and yeah. others he wanted the funny one-liners that arnold schwarzenegger was getting um yeah. he wanted it to be more funny than what they were writing and so they were trying to sh- you know to keep him happy because he had so much power then um they had to shoehorn a lot of that stuff in and it just didn't work
1: no it was also, it was just also, well, a mess the, yeah the production design was for this movie Bad. was far far too small. Yeah. It looked like it was filmed inside the whole movie was filmed inside a studio. Yeah. Which it probably was. Oh sure. But it the was. point is the point is is that it shouldn't look like that. It's meant to be a mega city. Yes. Yeah. You're meant to really see Judge Dredd outside in the daylight, yeah, doing his thing with mm-hmm. a helmet on. And yep. instead we got Stice Stallone in well lit studios that are obviously studios. Yeah, which are all shiny and crappy and, you know, it just, it just, yeah, just the
0: whole movie just really doesn't work. No. Um, and compared to... Even the costumes didn't work because they were yeah. supposed to look kind of lived in and this is, the, I mean, crappy looking because it's, yeah, he's in it's the underbelly of the city. Yeah, and his yeah, was just, shiny and sparkly. Yeah. It just, it didn't yeah. work. No. And, which and is fact, a shame because it yeah. could have been great. It really could yeah. have been. I would...
1: I would strongly recommend anybody who's got any interest in Judge Dredd watch the other movie, <laughs> the one yeah. we talked about. I still haven't seen it. That, uh, it's it's basically it's if you've ever seen the raid, the um, yeah, the, yeah, you've seen the raid. Well, it's basically the raid, uh, a western version of the raid, but with Judge Dredd in it. It's fantastic. Oh. Well, um, now I'm going to have to
0: watch it. I really like yeah. the actor. I just never got around yeah. to watching it. Yeah, uh, it's Judge Dredd is going against um, Venom. Venom from 2018. I'll be honest, when they first announced Venom, I was like, ugh, here's, here's Sony cashing just in. cashing in. They've got rights to the whole Spider-Verse. Venom is uh, supposed to be a bad sp- guy. Yeah. He's not supposed yeah. to be an anti-hero. He's supposed to be a bad guy. That's what Venom is. Uh,
1: and we'd already seen Venom in the Sony Spider-Man movies. Done Which a different was so way. bad. Which uh, Well, that, that particular one wasn't great at all. Um, so it was, yeah, I think, again... Expectations were low, and this was this stage when Sony had basically lo- relicensed back to Marvel Spider-Man, and the part of that deal was well, the rest of the Spider Universe, you can do what you want with, and so yep. they ran with it, um, and yeah, so I think we all thought this was going to be terrible, and it probably would have been terrible had it not been for the fact that they had the genius idea of casting Tom Hardy and as who Eddie, completely makes
0: this. I mean, he, 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 he is such it's a it's a virtuoso performance. It yeah. is he's a loser, yeah. but. He's, no, he's just a loser, isn't he?
1: He is a loser. He has, yeah. he has, he's, he, it, I think that's part of what makes this good, is that he is a loser. He has good ideals and good morals, but they, but despite himself, despite those, he still is a loser. He yep. can't help but making bad decisions. And he, his whole life is a series of bad decisions. Yeah. And you really think the I mean, he literally is at rock bottom all through his own fault of his own. A hundred percent. Yeah, Yeah. And then, he ends up um being um infected with the symbiote and turning into venom and it's the relationship that he builds between himself and this alien yep yeah he does the voice and, uh, for venom too yeah but he he over the course of this movie he manages to you'd have thought a loser at the rock bottom who suddenly gets some sort of superpowers would just kind of like just roll with it whatever you know yeah. And become a bad person, and despite that, he actually shows a journey which he's not only is he able to make himself better, he's able to convince this
0: amoral symbiote to kind of go along with his rules. And, and there's some himself really himself funny and bits in there. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it's, this movie way more than I ever thought possible. I, I really yeah. did. Um yeah. is it an A movie? No, but it's better than a B movie. So I don't know. Oh, what,
1: definitely, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, this this is definitely more than the sum of
1: its parts. Yeah. um and uh yeah a- again that that test which
0: one would you go and watch i'd watch venom and heartbeat if i could give an opportunity because i'm well, no gonna have a fun time well it's gonna have a hard time on our next episode because venom's gonna go against blade yeah and captain america the winter soldier as much as we like it is going against deadpool so i mean that's that's not going to be easy um that's actually not the next episode the next episode is uh captain america the first one going against a rocketeer oh, ho, 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 ho. that's gonna be difficult uh and if you've never watched the rocketeer dear listeners do yourself a favor go definitely watch it a before. hidden gem that one yeah yeah uh captain marvel uh against the 1989 batman joker 2019 movie which i really liked against i think might be the best X-Men movie. I don't know. Yeah. First class. And then we mm-hmm. have X-Men, the original one against Dr. Strange, the original one. So next episode is going to be pretty fun to talk about as well. Uh, we hope you guys join us for that. You can see the bracket, uh, and you can follow along. It's going to be pinned to the top of the page at geekspubpodcast.com. Um, and of course we'll embed it on all the show notes as well. So if you just go to the show notes, you'll see the bracket. Um, what are your thoughts on this? we, we, Are are we right? Are we wrong? We'd love to get your vote. Didn't have to use a coin flip this time because David and I actually agreed on all of them. Will we on the next one? That's it. Uh, I don't think so. There's a couple. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. Um, David, we're going to be back in one week and we're doing the 500th episode of Tech Fan. In fact, as we wrap this episode up, by the way, the show at Geek's Pub Podcast, that's how you can get a hold of us. Um feedback at no is it feedback? Yeah. I think. Is that right? Yeah, you just hit hit us up at Oh no, it's The Show. The Show at Geek's Pub Podcast. Just use Google. Just use Google. Um <laughs> but to wrap this episode up, we're going to play uh, a little promo for the next tech fan next week david i'll see you next week see you then mr david cohen and myself tim robertson would like to invite you dear listeners to listen to the 500th episode of the tech fan podcast coming out next week we are as they say classing it up a little bit okay uh, all right <sighs> trust me all right with the music